USC, if you're just coming out of Rice Eccles, uh, the Cougs lead the Trojans 30-27 to in overtime. BYU got a uh, field goal on the first possession of overtime, and uh, USC has it now third and five. Frank? Yeah. What did you think of the game? Initial takeaways which, which, here. Which one? Did Utah, Utah did Idaho Utah, State. Did Utah do enough? Did Utah do enough to make you think, okay, this team is ready to go into L.A. next week and take on the Trojans? Yes. Who, who may not be with a head coach who may after, not. This, <laughs> after this performance down south. Who may not be good because Stanford is really not good. Stanford got smoked by UCF. And uh, USC. And now there's a penalty against, oh, they call timeout. And USC it can't manage uh, BYU. No, they've, they've struggled with the Cougs. Slovis has looked good at times, has really struggled at times. He has a couple of interceptions. USC was effective running the ball, but then they just stopped running the ball. I, I don't think the Trojans are a real well-coached team. No, this is, this is exactly why Helton's job is in danger. Yeah, he's in trouble. This is exactly why. And he should be, honestly. They have plenty of talent, mm-hmm. and, and they're just not a, a real well-coached team. Nope. There's, there's nope. no doubt about Credit it. Credit to Kalani Sataki and his crew. He's coached a heck of a game, for, certainly, forget, today. Forgetting, yep, for getting these guys ready to go. All right. Absolutely. Yeah, but did, you, did, did Utah do enough? Did you think that did – you, did you look at that game and, said, and say, well, yeah, Utah's – they've done enough? I mean – Zach Moss had 106 yards on 10 carries, and <laughs> that's pretty good. Uh, Tyler Huntley was, uh, what, he, he completed another 75, 80% of his passes, 270 yards, three touchdowns. That's pretty darn good. Um, I don't know, maybe, maybe need to clean things up front a little bit. Uh, they were dominant on the defensive side, and BYU just won. And that's the game. BYU wins 30-27. All right, here's the deal. We're going to stay on 1280 on the AM for the Ute postgame lineup. The phone call is now 855-340-ZONE. Hans and Will Snowden live from JCW's. They're going to kick up the Cougar postgame show starting now. There you go. BYU fans storm the field. I hate field storming. I, I, don't, I don't care for it. But maybe that's the the bitter media person who's always standing down there, inconvenienced by it when it happens. Oh, I think but it's okay. I think the you're fine with it. Yeah, I mean, sure, beat number twenty four USC. Number twenty four, and probably shouldn't have been twenty four. <laughs> yeah, maybe not. Yeah, that's a good win though. I mean, that's a good win, and and uh, I feel good for Coach Ataki, That's for sure. Urban Meyer just got a little bit closer to being the next coach at <laughs> he USC. He did. You're pretty convinced that may happen at the Salt Lake International Airport. It might on the tarmac. <laughs> I mean that it's not that's not without precedent. No, well, <laughs> by the way, I was covering the game when uh, BYU trounced Texas with uh, with Taysom Hill, and um, the the uh, Mac Brown had fired his defensive coordinator by the time they got to Salt Lake International Airport. Yeah, so we'll see. Anyway, so that's a final. USC is going to come in or is going to uh, um, play Utah next Friday. After losing to BYU uh, today, thirty to twenty-seven in overtime in a in a really wild game, but we are of course here to take your phone calls and talk about the Utes. I think that's a great question that you throw out there, Frank. Did Utah do enough in this game to give you real confidence going into next week's game against USC? And if if the Trojan loss to BYU was uh, 
giving you more confidence as well, we can uh, we can take those phone calls. But Frank, my answer is yes. Because I thought we saw the ones do exactly what they should do. They dominated this game on both sides of the ball. Zach Moss got his and then, you know, got out of the way for other running backs to get theirs. I thought Tyler Huntley, and it, it's it's kind of hard because of the, the level of competition, but as far as his throws and decision-making, I thought this was his best game of the of the year. 282 yards, 15-19, three touchdowns. I thought he looked really accurate. Um, I, I thought he looked really good, but again, Idaho State is 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 not. I mean, they're just not on the same level as Utah, and that was that was really evident. evident. It was clear. It was clear. Utah. I, I listened to the Idaho State broadcast. Interesting. The, the radio broadcast. How interesting was that? It was. It was good. I mean, it was entertaining, and and uh, those guys were were on the on, you know on on one side they were saying, God, if we if we just didn't give up so many big plays you know and it was like an, he gave up a what an 80 yard 60 yard touchdown yeah. stuff like that and then and then and then on the place. other side on, on the other side they're saying oh oh there was a ruling on the field okay so it's it's a final it's final it's final so so and then on the other side they're saying well Idaho State just can't do anything against this Utah defensive front I mean, these guys are these guys are really good. Best line of the day comes from the Idaho State color man who said something like, "Well, you know, you, you come in, you know, reason, you reasonably play these games, and you just Idaho State just can't do anything." I just I I just hope the check doesn't bounce. <laughs> no, that is a great line. That's a great line. It's a great line, and, and that was the Idaho State team that that showed up. I mean, if you if you saw it, um, you know, Brant Keithy had a huge completion for sixty yards, and he was the only one Frank in the same zip code as, as the past. Now, I mean, Tyler Huntley delivered it, but the tight end is running loose down the sidelines without anybody in the same neighborhood. I mean, Utah was just on a different level than Idaho State athletically. But with that said, I, I thought they did kind of what we talked about in the in the pregame, Frank. I thought we saw them try stuff out, yeah. warm stuff up, be aggressive, and and let cut it loose a little bit in both phases of the game and, and see kind of what stuck. And I, I thought a lot stuck tonight or today, this afternoon. I'm used to those night games. Yep. You know, it's like, tonight! Yeah. I'm used to it being two in the morning. <laughs> yes. No, it all it all seemed, yeah, it worked out. I mean, it was, it was uh, Idaho State, was, you know, they there was good effort, but they just they just couldn't physically. They just couldn't hang with Utah. And Utah was, nope. seemed like they were pre- pretty well prepared to play that game. All right, line up the phone calls eight five five three four zero zone eight five five three four zero zone. Utah beats Idaho State thirty one zero. We'll get to your phone calls. We'll also get you some post game stats on the other side. Lloyd Cole is covering the game for us, so we'll have some post game sound for you a little bit later on. Stay tuned. It is your Ute post game show here on the Zone Radio Network. Thirty-one to zero, Utah trounces Idaho State. Welcome on back. It's your Ute postgame show. Jake Scott, Frank Dolce, with you. Phone lines are open. If you want to weigh in, eight five five three four zero zone. Eight five five three four zero zone. 
Uh, you can also send us a message on Twitter at Jake Scott Zone. And what are you, Frank? Your human detour? Is that right? What is at the human detour? The human detour. Okay. So you can communicate with Frank as well. We at can get to your the tweets. Human detour. And I thought the the question th- Frank threw out at the beginning of the show. In fact, throw it out again, Frank. Did they do enough? Did they? Did they do enough? Did Utah do enough to convince fan, Utah fans that Utah's ready to go into USC? Lots of Utah fans are saying, sure, if Clay Helton is still coaching. Yeah, well, <laughs> and teams can go one way or another when coaches are really teetering on that hot seat. They could either rather, rally behind the coach right. or give up on him. Yeah, so. well, uh, I think the, the game plan – uh, you know the, what? What BYU did to USC is you know Utah's going to have to take a take some notes because they played it really well. The way that they p- managed the passing game, managed the running, and I think that I think that Utah has some some more talent to manage that USC offense. Oh, so I, I certainly think so. Yeah, yeah, I think there's you know this gives you some, a look at how what what does a game plan look like. And and then, I think there's some things that you, Utah does now. Wilson was good, uh, you, you know, and and Williams was was pretty good. But Utah has some weapons on the offensive side that could give give uh, USC some problems. So I think I think the game plan, you know, what what BYU was able to do against Utah's next opponent. Well, you have to take a look at that. Yeah, and we'll go over some stats here in a second. But, uh, but Frank, I, I watched it here in our studio. And if you haven't seen our Zone Sports Network, our carrier studios here, we have a, uh, we have a, a TV watching area where we have a TV on each wall. And I sat in one of those pivoting chairs right there, Frank. Yeah, and I just pivoted weird. back yeah. and forth between the two yeah. games. And it, it was I, – I can't believe the Ute, the Ute game ended first, especially with all those ridiculous delays for replays. But ridiculous. Uh, I'll, I'll tell you this. Watching both games at the same time, Utah's going to be able to move the football in USC. I, I was extremely unimpressed with the Trojan defense. I mean, Let, Slovis made some mistakes, and the Trojan offense was really good at times and not so good at times, but the defense was subpar pretty much all game long there. You And then what you saw from Utah today, uh, near flawless execution in the first half, they should be able to move the ball on USC. What what's happening in the Pac-12? I mean, it's bad, Frank. Utah gets the win. <laughs> USC goes down to to BYU. I, I'm not sure a lot of people thought USC should lose that game. Colorado loses to Air Force. Stanford gets just it handed to them by UCF. Made a late push at the end. Still got smoked. I mean, Arizona State is holding on to a thin lead at Michigan State with 50 seconds remaining in the fourth quarter. That would be a big win for them, regardless that, of how it would come. That that would be. I got it at 10-10. It's oh, so Michigan State just kicked a field goal. This is going. That game's going to overtime. In fact, uh, give me a minute. Maybe I can find it. Yeah. So ten ten yeah I'm gonna I'm gonna let you do that so so what yeah what is happening what is happening in the Pac-12 oh man it's just it's just not great football right now no, and no that's good. You, you know what and it 
it's actually good news for Utah in a sense. Like people can puff out their chest and say, "Oh, you want to beat the best and all this," but the Utah's road to a, a conference championship game, and I know it feels weird talking about this when conference play hasn't even started, but it it's there for the taking. I mean, it's wide open. Washington's vulnerable. Washington State, I think, is really good. I'm right there with you, but they didn't look terrific against Houston last night. They looked, no, they they no. didn't look uh, unbeatable, especially on the defensive side. Holy I thought cow. Oregon was crazy disappointing against Auburn. That was a total disappointing effort by them, and I oh. thought that they were the ones that were going to win the conference. Yeah. So I this it's wide open for the Utes. It is. It, it is. It is. And these these are very winnable, very winnable games now for for Utah. I think it's just fascinating how this unfolds, how this unfolds all the time. So USC. Oh, and all, Oklahoma all, all, plays. All sudden, Oklahoma's going to play UCLA, beat and they're the going to lose by fifty out of UCLA. Oh, they're going to lose by fifty. Hawaiian, maybe Hawaii more. Hawaii and Washington are just lining it up right now. So Washington. Hawaii's should, already got two Pac-12 wins. Why two? Washington shouldn't win that game. Did, but two is Arizona. Oh, there's a targeting. Did, did is Arizona going to win? Who do they? Who does Arizona play today? Uh, Texas, Texas Tech. Nope. Arizona's not coming out on that one. That's at Arizona. You never know. Matt Wells is two and zero though. So guns up. Frank's got his guns up right now. So yeah, it's not. Things are not looking good for the Pac-12. Oregon should beat Montana, however. The old shakedown is going to be really interesting on the U preview show. I'm going to have to get an extra large shake. It's It's going to be be very in-depth. You might want to come by. I'll get a couple of those really big shakes, you know, that overflow the top. Uh Yeah, and we'll get some good mix-ins, maybe maybe like a, a mocha... A mocha Oreo. Ooh, that sounds delicious. It's, it is delicious. Mocha is, is quite tasty. Hands would hate it. Does Hands not like mocha? Hands doesn't like anything that I do that's nice for him. Yeah, you know. That's strange. So, I, I know you bought me an ice cream sundae during the NBA playoffs last yeah, year once. Remember and I was that? Extremely grateful. Yeah. Yes. It was good, too. It was. It was good. It was delicious. <laughs> Thick ice cream. So Oregon State beat Cal Poly, right? Biggest win of the week for the conference. Uh, so Stanford loses. Arizona State's going into overtime. Oregon State beats Cal Poly. Washington should beat Hawaii. Cal? Washington State. Oh, he missed. So they the the Arizona just Arizona, Arizona State, State just beat Michigan State ten to seven. I guess Wait, the uh, the field, the field goal, goal was called back. They took the field goal off the board. I guess. Okay, so I was there talking we go. to you. I don't know what happened. I don't know, Brian. Either. What happened? Was it a timeout? Arizona State. Oh, they iced survives. the survives. Okay, so Utah beat Idaho State. UCLA. They are going to get absolutely crushed. They're going to get hammered. What is uh, Adrian's on the other side? Is less than, if the spread is less than 50, they don't cover. Let's see. I can get, I can get and then, to it here. Or if I said uh, that correctly. The spread 23 and a half minus uh, Oklahoma minus 23 and a half. No, they don't cover. No, I take the Sooners on that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Arizona is going to lose to Texas Tech and Oregon is going to beat Montana. Rough. Whew. Not good. Cal- and USC goes down. And USC loses. Cal to barely, BYU. barely beat North, North Texas. Texas mean yeah. green. Well, they are. The, they're not just the green. They're the mean green. Now twenty three to seventeen, though. That's like a that's like a solid fourteen point victory for any other uh, program because it's Cal we're talking about here. Uh, who they they have trouble scoring in case you haven't noticed, but their defense is like going up against the Great Wall of China. 
So, you know, that that might as well be a blowout win for Cal, actually. Cause, but I'm with you, Frank. I, th- I think Cal might be sneaky tough for Utah a little bit later yeah, on for uh, sure. in the schedule. But for sure. I, I mean, the the road is is certainly wide open. Utah beats Idaho State today, thirty-one to zero. Going through a couple of uh, uh, the stats, Frank. Brian Thompson. We played a Brian Thompson highlight coming into this segment. Only had two catches, but a hundred and five yards and two touchdowns. I'm doing the math really quickly on that. That's like 52 and a, or 50 and a half yards. 52 and a half. 52 you, and a half. Right there. Oh, 105 yards. 152 and a half yards. There you go. But That's pretty I, good. A lot of people have been talking about him through camp, and, well, and there's been kind of a lot of this is a guy who could really emerge and two, you know, two receptions, but two touchdowns and 105 yards. Not bad. Yes. They still saw the speed. So when I, you know, that, that question still comes to mind. Okay, so uh, certainly Utah's run game is. Zach Moss, he's ready to roll. Is the passing game ready to go? Is the passing game ready to go against USC? USC is tremendously athletic. I still think they're athletic. They were poorly coached <laughs> today, and it was. I think that 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 you could look at that game that happened in Provo just now and say that that USC got out coached. Oh, one hundred percent. They I, got out coached. I would totally game. agree with that take. Yeah. <laughs> That's, oh man, <laughs> talking about uh, taking so Brian and I are talking about taking two quarters to figure out that when you should run man against front, a three man front, you have yeah. the advantage five three. And actually, once they started running, they started really dominating BYU, and then uh, and uh, then let's throw the ball right, again. Exactly, it's the tip. Yeah, it's let's, the standard. Let's do that. So uh, I would expect Utah's uh, defense to be very good against USC next week. But like I said earlier, I I expect Utah's offense to move the ball too. Based on based on what happened today, I think they can. So USC coming up next for Utah, followed by Washington State at home. That's the one on the schedule that makes me really nervous. It should. Utah hasn't beat Washington State in six years. And then at and then at Oregon State should be a win. Arizona State here. I think that's a win. Cal here. Win, but a tougher win than you might have thought. At Washington. Up in the air? Yeah. Okay. Up I, in the I air? agree. UCLA here. It should be a large win. Will Chip Kelly, is it more likely that Chip Kelly is fired or Utah wins that game? Utah wins. Okay. I don't think you fire the chipper midseason. Why? He's terrible. Eh, yeah. He's awful. The, yeah, that's the, true. He is cheap. The, cheap. The, the, the two, is it fair to say that the two worst coaches in the conference are in L.A.? Ooh, I don't know. Where, what are your thoughts on Kevin Sumlin these days? Because that hasn't looked real And terrific. Arizona. Yeah. <laughs> that has not looked. I, I was so hopeful that Sumlin was going to do, do something. I thought it was a good hope. I did In too. fact, PK gives I me crap too. for it every other day. that Because I, I thought Sumlin was a better hire than Herm. And I haven't, uh, I haven't lived that down yet. He, he reminds me constantly. Well, I don't disagree with that. That whole thing with Herm Edwards, he didn't even know they were the Sun Devils, for he heaven's sake. He didn't know they were the Devils. He didn't know. I mean, that, that didn't start out the right way, but, but Herm Edwards has some magic. There's, there's something about Herm Edwards. Well, he's a charismatic dude. And he is. you know what he did? That's, that's really, really smart. He knew he, he wasn't going to be real strong at recruiting. So all of his assistants 
are just baller recruiters. I mean, he essentially said, like, I'll take care of the X's and O's. I've been doing this for a long time. Yeah. But it, I mean, he's the CEO. He, Yeah. I'm going to hire a bunch of people that are going to get a ton of talent here. You, what's wrong with that? There's nothing. I but I Nothing. Didn't, it I, was an experiment, and it seems like it's working out. It's going all right. I mean, they just beat Michigan State. 10 to 7, but they still just beat Michigan State. You know what we call that? A win. A W. W. That is a win. Okay, so you have UCLA coming to town in November, and then you have at Arizona. Should be a win unless, you know, someone turned something around. And then Colorado here. I was not impressed, obviously, by Colorado today against the option and Air Force. So if you go across that schedule... Would you say I'm going to try and rank these in order of danger for Utah? Washington State number one. Okay, I totally agree with that. Washington number two. That uh, you kind of cringe before you said that. What, what are you? Con- what else are you considering? Because that's kind of a no-brainer number two. I think. I think it's a better. I think Utah matches up better against Washington. Then so, who? Then. Then Washington State, I agree. But who would be three? Why are Cal, you? Cal over Southern California. Yeah, so I'm I'm just dropping SC because yeah. of their the performance today, and and against Stanford because Stanford's per, per, performance today dreadful. Yeah, couldn't stop anybody. So would you do that? Would you say it's Washington State, Washington, Cal in the or SC? Where would you put SC? Most Jeez. dangerous on the rest of the schedule because for Utah. Because Cal still can't score. I mean, Cal, Cal, how many points would Cal be lucky to get against Utah's defense? 24, 27? Oh, my gosh. I was going to say like 10. No, what? Oh, Cal's offense is so... I mean, what? seriously, if Cal were going to beat Utah, it would be just like the Pac-12 title game was. Ugh. Where, where it's just... A, Don't do that. Who, who could accidentally score first? <laughs> that's who's going to win the game. Who could... <laughs> yeah, they, they put up 17 tum- against Washington. Tumble, in the against, uh, tumble into the end zone somehow. Yeah, uh, right. Yeah. That, that That's the type of, of game I'm expecting from Cal. But their defense is so good, you could see them stifling any great offense, right, or any good offense. Okay, so I, I would have say. to go Washington State, although I think Utah can move the ball against Washington State. The issue is that Washington State throws right. the ball over. Washington State, Washington, USC. I think that's what I'm going with. Then Cal 4. And because USC is still super athletic. And then the rest, what well, you would put Arizona State the, five, but, yeah. Even though I'm, I'm, yeah, not all that high on Arizona State. Then, PK. then, then Colorado. See, Colorado at least they have a quarterback and a receiver because Chenault's really, really, He's good. really good, and Montez is pretty good too. Re- re- very good, so, two hundred and thirty-five pounds, beast. It makes them always dangerous, sure, because you've got a quarterback, and you've got a receiver, and yeah. maybe everywhere else there are holes. But if as long if you got. Two ballers at those positions, you, you're it's, you're a threat. So yeah. I, I see where you're going there. Yeah. yeah, I'd put Colorado ahead of UCLA and Arizona certainly, and Oregon State. And Oregon State. Who could forget about the mighty Beavs? Beavers. And the Beavs hammered somebody today, right? Yeah, Cal Poly. See, they they went in there and they represented the Pac-12. They represented <laughs> against Cal, Cal Poly. Poly. <laughs> Did you hear Ryan Leaf this week? <laughs> With Hans and uh, like, and Scotty, yeah. The Pac-12 just can't lose games. UCLA can't lose to San Diego State. I mean, that's how, that's, that's the truth, right? I mean, the, if the Pac-12 wants to be regarded as the one of the top Power Five conferences, they can't lose games like that. Okay. They can't lose the game. 
today. Here, okay, but if you're going to say that about the Pac-12, you've got to say that about other leagues too. Which because other the, leagues lose those games? Oh, the ACC, which I'm an ACC I fan. Know, but you always roll back to the ACC. But the ACC oh. has the national champion. I know. That's why, you know what, in all honesty, in college football in today's day and age, it's better for your league to be top-heavy than it is deep. Absolutely. And that's, it's been that way for a while, but it's almost that's almost a shame. Because shouldn't you rather have a more competitive league? Isn't that where we're going for? And the SEC, yeah. by the way, yeah. gets way more credit than it should for being a deep league. It's really just a top-heavy league, too. Those top teams just, they have a couple of them, and they're really, really good. I, want, I still want the Pac-12 to have parity. I want good competitive football it but makes i want it more fun it does but i still want one that everybody is like oh those guys are really no one's going to beat them right you so, want a juggernaut that, yes that is going to get everybody's in, best in the conference right. yeah and you know what the the level the 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 perception of the conference would change because right now there's parity but utah not you the, the conference including utah can't get over the hump Yep. If you t- if there was parity in this conference and one of the teams was a regular attendee at the dance, then the perception of the conference would change. Even if you had the lower, even if the the Oregon State was still Oregon State, right? Yeah. Struggled. No, I, you have I that, totally agree. You have that in the ACC. But here's the thing. It doesn't – people out there, uh, popular kind of Pac-12 opinion, say, oh, that has to be USC because they have the brand and all this stuff. Not to take this back to the ACC, Frank, but Clemson is an example of a team that that, uh, that grasped that over the past few years. They're, I mean, they're a powerhouse now, but a traditional powerhouse like Ohio State and USC, they are not. Clemson played some really average football for a really long time until Dabo Swinney got there and and put the pieces together, and now they are what they are. But, you know, it doesn't have to be USC. It could be Washington or Oregon or Utah. I mean, it doesn't I, – I guess what I'm saying is it doesn't have to be your traditional blue blood. I don't think it's going to be the Arizona schools, though. I'll say that. There's only one – as you look across the – I'm looking at the ACC right now. There's only one – Clemson. Yeah, that's it. Everybody else. Everyone else. I mean, it's Sucktown. My, <laughs> it's really bad. Is that an actual town? <laughs> if it is, I want to see the sign that says, <laughs> welcome, "Welcome to, to Sucktown." <laughs> U, USA. Okay, so yeah, Florida State. What? That's a. <laughs> Speaking of coaches that should oh. be fired immediately, Willie oh. Taggart. There you go. Wow. Oregon is just like, thank heavens, he. Yeah, they're off. they're loving it. He left. No, uh-huh. yeah. I'm not convinced his replacement is all that great. But you, you but don't like Willie, Cristobal? No, I really do, and I actually really like his philosophy. Right. But you know, you got the best quarterback in the country. You need to beat Auburn. You you gotta you gotta win that game. You have how many All Americans, Brian? Do they have on their front line? Two, three at Oregon. At Oregon. What do you mean their front line of scrimmage? Like front their line? offensive oh. line. Yeah. Has at least two All-Americans, best quarterback in the country. You're Oregon because you've got Uncle Phil for crying out loud. You got to beat Auburn. Mm. Good point. So that's why I'm a little down on Cristobal. He's okay. one of my favorite interviews at Pac 12 Media Day. Yeah, I like Very him. Very nice man. I like his philosophy. I like him. But you got to beat Auburn. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Do you think the, the Pac 12 should <laughs> raid coaching staffs to create a juggernaut? <laughs> just what like, like just you take, concede somebody's going to be the juggernaut and then offer so then up you, your be- so then best you say, coaches you say okay uh 
Coach Leach, we're placing you here. Right. And you're going to be the offensive coordinator. And then Morgan and then, Scally, you no, get a. No, you, Kyle Whittingham. Oh, Whit. You're going to be the So you really mark. want to and stack co- it. And C- Chris Peterson, you're going to be the head coach of right. all these guys. And you work with the quarterbacks, too. That'd be great. <laughs> right. Okay. I see where your can, mind's at. Can we do at. that? Uh, I doubt it. For the Pac 12? But I don't know what USC's budget is either. Maybe they can afford all this. Maybe you put well, Urban Meyer as the head coach. Now that Pete fo- co- coaching the quarterbacks. going to be in. <laughs> 15 days of 14 days of lockup. All right, we'll have more coming up next. It's your Ute postgame show. Jake Scott, Frank Dolce. 31 to 0 is your final. The Utes beat Idaho State. We'll have more for you next, right here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Utah beats Idaho State 31 to 0 at Rice Eccles Stadium. Give us a call. We've got phone lines open for you. 855-340-Zone if you want to weigh in. 855-340-Zone. You were you were just standing for the fight song. You were singing. Yeah, well, you, you why know the words. Why didn't you? I mean, I, I don't know. Talking? I don't know the words to that song. Yeah, you know, at least you know the first verse. I know Kayai. Yeah, I do. Which I, is, I think that's a made-up word, right? That's well, not a real thing. Isn't "must" made up? Isn't it "meet me in the must"? Isn't that a made-up word? M- must the mighty Utah student section. Yeah, but that that was a lyric in the song now, before it was ever a student meet section. Meet you in the must. Oh, yeah, maybe the student section didn't come around till '03, and that's been the word and the, the lyric in the song gotcha. for quite some time. You know what East High School has now? The mess. The mighty East student section. Okay. Yeah. There's a few sections up there at Rice Eccles that you could probably describe as a bit of a mess. Ooh. Those guys Ooh. in the in the north end zone, they get a little rowdy over there. They do. But they have their own nickname. They're the Nez, right? I followed the Nez on Twitter. At Drexel University, it's called the Dress. Really? Now, hey, answer me this, because I got this question when we were talking about this on my show some a uh, couple of weeks ago. Yeah. BYU does the rock, the roar of the cougar, but cougars don't roar. They like growl. I looked it up. Do they're wait, not. They're not a roaring act- cat. Yes, is that actual? That's a thing. Don't tell. Don't tell a BYU fan. I, I mean, you'll take them right know. off. Don't tell <laughs> Gordon when you sit across from him here <laughs> next on Monday. Oh, I'm, all I'm going to do is no, tell Gordon how just great. Kidding, Gordon. How great uh, uh, Slovis, Slovis is. Slovis is fantastic. I mean, I mean, a three interception performance is. Just terrific. That's stellar. That's really hey, he's a good. freshman. Listen, the kid's a freshman. I don't think his coaching staff put him in the greatest position. Uh, hey, hey, Slovis, look it. They're going to drop eight people into coverage. They're going to tie up all of our passing lanes, so we're going to throw it. We're going to throw into that. Instead of running against a three-man front, let's do that. And, by the way, and this is what bugs me about USC hiring Graham Harrell and trying to do the air raid. You're USC. You get the, the pick of the best Are running you, back in the country this every is another single reason. year. This is another reason why Clay Helton needs to go. Gone. I agree. I agree. 
You're you're the University of Marcus Allen and O.J. Simpson, and you're 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 adapting. O.J. Uh, Simpson. <laughs> well, he was a good player, wasn't he? I mean, that's maybe, maybe, maybe Charlie White. I mean, he was pretty good. Charles maybe White. go go a different way. Yeah, but, but you understand what I'm saying. I mean, why, why would you why would you hire a coach who's going to bring in an offense that is just you know what? I know you running backs are amazing, and we can get any one of you we want, but we're going to go ahead and not yeah, do that anymore. Just, that doesn't not, make any not, sense. Not a, it's not a good fit. No, it's, it's not. a good fit. And all they had to do today against BYU, and we'll see what they do against Utah, because we do need to keep this Utah focused. Yes. But uh, is all they needed to do was run the ball every single time. Yeah. All they needed to do was run the ball, and they, they didn't. Yeah, they, absolutely. Dan Slovis threw three interceptions. And well, that, that, that that's an interesting question, uh, because... How do you think? I mean, I, I'm pretty sure I know how Utah is going to attack USC. How do you think Utah USC is going to line up on the offensive side against Utah? Are they going to do the same thing? They're going to, you know, is if Utah plays their standard four down lineman front with with now two linebackers and, and kind of an extra defensive mm-hmm. back linebacker type, and then the defensive backfield, uh, it, it, is that going to allow USC to throw the ball? Are they going to want to throw the ball? Because Utah's going to do it whatever they can to take away the run, and then they're going to put a lot of pressure on the, on the freshman. Do you think USC – because I thought their game plan today was arrogant. Yeah. Was, how they just thought was, they could do whatever arrogant. they want against BYU, yeah. regardless of how they play defense. Yeah. Yeah. So wh- how does USC play Utah? Probably the same way, right? Because they're going to try and throw the ball. Yeah, <laughs> I mean that's who they are, right? <laughs> yes, yes, that's that's how it's going to go. I would expect Utah to so, do something similar to BYU: get pressure with their front four, because BYU at times got pressure with, with their the front, front three. Four. With their front three, they got pressure. Yes, I would expect BYU or Utah to do the same: get pressure Absolutely. with the front four. Yeah, and then you know probably play a little man press on the outside and put everybody else. Yes, oh, this is probably a good thing for Utah to to be honest because you know it's the it's the oop oh dear that was a Travis Wilson esque as the Mississippi State quarterback got helicoptered helicoptered so this is a this 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 is a good thing for Utah going into USC I mean I mean the, y, y, you don't think that Utah's going to to be hearing about this all week long about how BYU beat SC. Oh, I bet Witt calls Kalani tonight. But to do what? Like the pregame speech hey, for well, Utah? No, no, no. Hey, what worked? <laughs> Wouldn't you now, Kalani? Oh, I don't know. I don't know. They there, played there, each there, other there, already. There's uh, there's relationships there for sure. I don't know if Coach Witt calls Kalani. I'm there's people talking. I'm I. There's no doubt about oh, that. I, if I were if I were a coach on Utah staff, I'd call a coach from. BYU oh, for sure. That ha- that's, ha- that's happening. Oh yeah, that's happening. Let's find out what what worked. I mean, maybe if you hadn't played BYU yet. That wouldn't. That no, that's not kosher. Wouldn't happen. But yeah. since that game's in the rearview mirror, why yes. not? Yeah. I remember. Didn't uh, Witt famously call Urban Meyer before the oh, yeah. uh, Sugar Bowl in 08? For sure. Absolutely. Because Urban had just beat them in the SEC title yes. game. That's completely allowable. Absolutely. There's yeah, nothing but wrong it, with it's that. It's different because they were in different conferences. But uh, I guess Utah and BYU were in different conferences. I'd call yeah. Kalani. What are you talking about, Frank? If I'm Witt, I'm, I'm on the phone with him now. It's not. Is it Kalani? Should we get the response? <laughs> or is it Coach Witt? Who's Eight, calling us? Eight five five three four zero zone. Eight five five three four zero zone. Kyle, meet you in the must. Is joining us now. Hi, Kyle. How are you? Driving back from the game with awesome. my son Hyde. Very nice. We had a good time. What's up? Is, is, he, is he listening? Hyde. 
He What's is up, in buddy? The back seat. All right. Shout out to Hyde. Awesome. Hey, thanks. Um, fun game. I, the score wasn't as big as some people predicted, but I, I actually liked it. They, we saw some things tonight. We needed to see Huntley take some deep throws. Um, they got some uh, second and third stringers in there and some reps. Um, curious why Shelley is still third string. I think maybe they're hiding an injury. I don't know. Um, but it was a good game. We saw what we wanted. I think we're getting ready. The rest of the Pac-12 is not holding up their end. A little disappointing there. And by the way, must is a real word. It means a place of disorder. Oh, That's okay. why the song says meet us in the must. That makes it sense. Sounds, sounds like Jake's household. All right. It does. Thank you, Kyle. <laughs> thanks for thanks for the phone call. We appreciate it. And uh, a little education. That makes a lot of sense. Uh, the You and I chatted off the air about the, the Shelley-Drew Lisk thing and mm-hmm. whether or not that was worth reading into that mm-hmm. Lisk was yes. the first one off the bench last week and the first one off the bench this week. Absolutely. Yes. So what can we read into that then? Well- that I would say is just, that Lisk is the, the, that right now the coaching staff is higher on Lisk. That surprised me because I thought, listen, Shelley had his down <laughs> moments last year, but I thought he was pretty no, I good. I thought he was good. For a backup I quarterback thought he was good. Th- thrust into those situations, I, I thought he was pretty good. I liked him a lot. I was a big fan of Shelley. And he came in, he managed it very well, got some wins. I mean, I, I thought I was a big fan, big fan. And, you know, things change. And new offensive coordinator – Hmm. And Lisk throws the ball really well. Uh, so I think that the coaching staff is just a little little higher on Lisk. So that that's means okay. Shelley's going to transfer, right? Because that's what Put I Put him in the transfer portal. Well, he, he has four games. Real. Actually, he's on, this is the only game he's played in, right? Shelley? Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, yes. he can play in four games before he transfers. Put, and yeah, put him in the transfer portal. Might as well. That transfer portal. Jeez. I think it's a good thing. You do? I do. Uh-huh. Hey, Washington is up 21-0. Yeah, well, it's Hawaii, and it's amazing that Hawaii, Hawaii has beat two. Arizona. And, and, and Oregon State. So Oregon State. Well, they're not going to be Washington. They were trying to get to the Rose Bowl this year. All right, let's get a little wit sound. Uh, here's Coach <laughs> Witt after the game for his uh, post-game press conference. Okay, that uh, puts an end to the non-conference games. Um Came out just what we had hoped and just what we should have, three and zero from those three conference games. Uh, played pretty good today, and in, in some respects, some respects not so good. Too many penalties. That was the thing. It got sloppy there, uh, especially towards the end, which you hate to see. You know, we need to be smarter in some of those situations. Uh, first turnover of the year. I was hoping it would last all year long. That we'd never turn it over, but it didn't. So we had the one one turnover, uh, one takeaway, um, which isn't enough. Played good run defense. Uh, offense, we were fairly productive. Um, you know, we had a chance to play a lot of the down the line guys, which was big and will be huge for those guys. Uh, you know, as the season wears on, the, the experience they got today. But now it's time to move on. We got a uh, short turnaround, a Friday night game down in the Coliseum, and uh, got to get on the Trojans. Got to get uh, get going right away. So that's where we're at. Questions? I you talk about the good start by the offense. I know you still have a field goal on the first one, but you got your kicker a chance. Yeah, that was good to see Jaden come in and confidently knock that one through, and and we did get a fairly fast start. Uh, It was 10-0 early, and we emphasized that you know, all week, you know, you'd like to do it every single week. It's probably not going to happen every week, but we started better this week than we did uh, in the first two ball games. But it was good to see Jaden hit that one. It was it was well struck, uh, had good trajectory on it, and and uh, was a nice kick. 
seeing how, how the passing game was going early in the first quarter, was that kind of what you envisioned this this offense to be as far you know having deep balls and yeah, we need to be able to take shots down the field and connect on those, and we we're able to do that. And and Tyler played, you know, just uh, tremendously well again. I don't know what his, I guess his numbers right there, but I can't see him. But but uh, 282 and good completion percentage. You know, he didn't miss many throws, and and it was good to get Drew Lisk and Jason Shelley some more reps. Uh, would have seen like to have seen a little more production out of the the non Zach Moss backs. You know, those guys uh, they ran hard, but thought we could. You know, that we need to be a little more productive with uh, with the two, three, four, and five backs. Speaking of Zach, how long did you want him to play today? I think he didn't play well, we, 10 minutes in the second quarter. Yeah, we wanted to shut him down at halftime at the at the latest. And uh, I don't know how many carries he had, yeah, 10. Yeah. So we were trying to keep him below 15, and, and uh, we were able to do that. Uh, we also were able to rest uh, three or four guys that were uh, still on the borderline of you know, are they ready to play or are they not? So it was good to keep those guys out, and we should be in pretty good shape uh, coming up next Friday. Your secondary seemed very solid today, even with uh, RJ back there. I thought RJ played well. I thought the secondary played well. Uh, the throwing numbers were not very good for for the opponents, and uh, played good coverage. Uh, pass rush was pretty good. Came away with two or three sacks, and uh, RJ, like I said, filling in for Julian Blackman really did a nice job. You mentioned being able, being able to rest those guys. Uh, do you have any major injuries going into Pac-12 play, or feel pretty? No, happy? not right now. Not, not no one that uh, has not already been announced. You know, as far as guys that are gone for the season. So now, hopefully, nothing springs up tonight. You know, sometimes you don't know until 24 hours after. But as of right now, it looks pretty good. What's impressed you about Brian Thompson's last couple of games? Brian Thompson, uh, nothing has impressed me about him because this is what I, we expect him to be. He's, he's finally healthy and he's finally able to to uh, do his thing. And so, it's uh, we know we know he's a really good player. And so that's that's what we uh, he's, he, what he did today is exactly what we need from him all season long. He's uh, he's got a great uh, skill set. He's he's big. He's six two. 205 pounds, he can run, he's got great hands. And so, uh, and I shouldn't say it didn't impress me, it didn't surprise me. It was impressive, but it didn't surprise me what he did today because he was he's a really good player. Coach, the refs towards the end of the first half were reviewing plays after snaps. Left and right, huh? Yeah. yeah. Is that something that you talk to the Pac-12 conference about? Are they able to even do that? I never even say one thing about officiating to the conference. I just go about our business. But that was odd that we kept having those stoppages and those reviews. Did you get out of these three games what you wanted to? I think so. I think so. Number one, first and foremost, is the three wins. And uh, secondly, we've, uh, you know, the, the, the offense that has been installed it seems to be running fairly well right now. we got bigger tests ahead. We know that. But right now, so far, so good. Well, you obviously have team goals still ahead of you. But what's it mean for a guy like Zach Moss to be able to be number two all time here? Yeah, I was told right before I came in here that he moved up to number two. And, and barring injury, he's going to put this thing way out of reach for number one. And it'll be tough to for someone to come in and break that. But but that just tells you what Zach has meant to our program ever since he came in as a freshman. He's been uh, very productive for us. And, uh, you know, had over 100 yards today in a quarter and a half. And, uh, he's you know, we're, we're going to lean on him pretty heavily the rest of the way. No, we'll watch the tape, and and uh, we're just really concerned, more concerned about the schematics of SC and what they're doing, and and uh, how are you going to defend them and attack them? Coach, the offensive line is always a work in progress, but how how impressed have you been with their play through three games? Pretty impressed, and and that's uh, 
you know, the offensive line that's played the last two games is not the one that started the first game, you know, because we've been minus uh, Johnny Maia and Orlando Yamana. Now we should get those guys back this week. But uh, for, you know, for, first of all, an inexperienced offensive line coming into the season and then to have uh, lose two guys early on for, thank goodness, temporarily, I thought they held together really well and have, have played really well the last couple of weeks. I don't think we've been allowed to sack still, have we? Still sackless, so that's good. That's good. Now, Tyler escaped a few today because you know he was trapped a couple times and he got out of it. But, but uh, that's that's a good stat to have right now. You want to say something? I'm not going to say it. I'm trying you to get it, it out. Uh, so talk about Tyler Huntley and just his his improved presence in the pocket. It's always been a hot topic. Yeah, he's he's really improved there. I think Ty, uh, Andy Ludwig has done wonders with Tyler, and they seem to really be on the same wavelength and the same page. They they are very. Uh, in sync, and uh, Tyler is is like a sponge. You know, when Andy says something, he he pays attention, and and uh, he's he's playing his best football. I don't think there's any question about that. He's playing his best football as a Ute, and uh, he's a team leader. He's a captain, and so it's good to see it happen. You know, senior year, he worked hard for this. This is his this is his uh, you know his chance to really shine this year as a senior. All right, that was Coach Witt after the Utes uh, win over Idaho State 31-0. to uh, Let's hear from a few of the players now, Frank. Uh, they all came up together, which <laughs> is is not ideal, but is, is how it works these days. So here's who you're going to hear from. Tyler Huntley, Zach Moss, Brian Thompson, and Devin Lloyd. Now, do you have any, any tricks to tell who's actually talking? Do you just I just that I know their voices. By the way, Jalen Hurts is running all over UCLA. Well, yeah, as it, he should. It's going to be sixty to zero. I mean, that's, I can't believe you want to put something on that. You want to put a few skittles on that? No, sixty to zero. No, oh, okay. What, what's your score? Well, like forty-five to zero. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay. I don't know how we determine a winner. I, Do you want to? How, we how would you? Who's speaking? Uh, I know. How would you describe Zach Moss's voice? Since you, you know, are Sub, going to tell subdued. by the sound of their mo- voice. Subdued. Okay, subdued. Subdued. Now, Tyler Huntley? Ch- childlike. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Brian Thompson? Uh, well-spoken. Okay. Mature. Okay. Well-spoken. And Devin Lloyd? He's like a fireball. Okay. See, there yeah. you go. All right, yeah. listen. Hear the fireball. And no, that's Devin Lloyd. Let's <laughs> let you hear from those guys now. Ty, can you talk about your connection with, with Brian and just what's been working the last couple of weeks with you and him? Uh, He's doing a great job of getting open, making big plays down the field, and uh, love having him out there. Is this offense different when he's healthy and 100%? Definitely. He brings another element to the game, as in all the receivers when they're healthy. They bring a lot of elements to the game, and they feel good to have a lot of weapons out there. Tyler, did you get everything fine-tuned before Pac-12 play now? Did it feel good going into the SC game? Yeah, uh, we feel good as a team, but we could be better. We could, we could take, we could, we leave, we left a lot of points on the field, and um, feel like we we could improve in that area. Are you guys happy to be done with the non-conference slate and focus on Pac-12 now? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think you never really fine-tuned. I think there's still a lot of things that we can improve on. And, um, I mean, definitely going back and watching this film, I mean, from special teams to defense to offense, is something that can also just be uh, 
fine-tune a little bit more. So, uh, I mean, I think we're in a really good spot. I think we handled business the way we wanted to in these first three games. And going into the next week, I think it's going to be pretty good. Two years since Utah's won at USC. What is it about this group that makes this potential game different for you? Uh, um, we just have a very, very uh, big goal. Um, and we're not going to let anyone get in the way of that. And, I mean, history's not going to get in the way of that. So I think on that Friday night, we're going to go out there and do what we got to do to get that win um, and then just erase that 102 years. For you personally, moving up to number two on the all time rushing list and number two rushing touchdowns, mm -hmm. what, does that, what does that mean to you? Uh, it's good. It's cool. Um, I mean, it's just a testament of how hard I work and how much I prepare and then the guys around me that allow me to go out there and do the things. And um, just another shout-out to my coaches and just everyone like that and my family. So um, it's really good, but I'm more ready for this team to go ahead and uh, get these things done as a team. Brian, how does it feel to finally get on the field and really make some big plays and show Utah what you can do? Um, it's been a long time coming. You know, I had a tough freshman and sophomore year, but, you know, it means a lot, and it means a lot to the team. So, you know, I don't like the spotlight on just me. You know, it's a good team effort and team win. Devin, what was your impression of the defense, specifically the pass rush and pass coverage? Um, I thought we came out today, and uh, we did. We were solid overall. You know, uh, we wanted some more turnovers, uh, some more interceptions, but I think we played solid all around. So. Tyler, how hard is it, especially in the end of that first half, where the refs are just kind of making the the game slow down? I mean, how hard is it to kind of get back in that rhythm when you guys are on the goal line, essentially? Uh, it, it kind of threw us off, but because uh, we always say, don't let the refs dictate what's going on. Uh, we got to execute what we had going on now. And yeah. Zach, you had a 38-yard run on your first play from scrimmage. Was it kind of apparent early on that you were going to be able to do most of what you wanted out there? Uh, I just try to attack the game how I do every week. Um, just try and get this team off to a fast start. And um, on that first play, I just happened to have a big play that uh, kind of sparked us a little bit and um, just carried the momentum on into the rest of the guys. Is it at all encouraging that BYU beat USC today? Um, encouraging? I don't. I wouldn't. I wouldn't say that. Um, but uh, I mean, it's a good little wound for those guys, and we're going to go ahead and uh, just add to that next week. Brian, how important is it for you to be able to stretch the field and get some of that downfield passing going? Mostly been short passes the first couple of games. Yes, I think it means a lot. You know, I think it means a lot for Zach too. So you know, <laughs> <laughs> so you know, I don't think uh, I don't think teams could just focus on the run. You know, especially if we stretch the field. So uh, you know, we have a great running back. So we have a great quarterback too who can uh, throw, throw the ball down the field. So you know, I think it means a lot for the team. Hey, Devin, what does it mean to get the shutout for the defense today? Um, everything, you know, that's what you shoot for every game. So, you know, I mean, to hold them zero points, you know, if you don't score, you don't win. So, you know, that means a lot. Just one or two more. Go ahead, sorry. You're up. Okay, I think that 82 yarder was your career long throw. How nice was it to air it out a little bit and get the long throws? Uh, it felt good. Uh, Brian, we we talked we talk about it on the sideline about making plays, and I told Brian he get over top of the DB, we gonna make a play, and that's what happened. Thanks. Zach, how much how much of this how much of this offense do you feel like you've shown versus what you're probably gonna be able to show next week? 
Uh, we showed our hand, not much. I think we've been, uh, Coach Love has done a very good job of just keeping the things really basic. And um, just like the first couple installs that we did going into this year. And um, I mean, fine tuning those things and the guys being able to um, execute those things at a very, very uh, nice way. So, I mean, we still have a few more things that we want to go ahead and throw out there. But uh, I mean, if you go in with your basic stuff, that's a really good as offense. All right, there you go. Some player sound. You heard uh, Tyler Henley talk about he and Brian Thompson connected on the sideline. Frank said, if you get behind that defense, mm-hmm. I'll hit you. And it happened twice. He had 105 twice, yards uh, on two, two receptions two and two touchdowns. That's so. a good average. <laughs> <laughs> yes, if he could keep that bad. average and have 10 catches, now we're talking. Hey, <laughs> seriously, we're talking like a 600-yard now game. We're talk- yeah. <laughs> right. Now we're talking. I thought there, you know, th- there were some there were some nice things. How interesting, by the way, I'm looking at the TV, is New Heisel is standing next to Chip Kelly. Well, that's oh, going to be awkward. That's New Heisel's son. Oh, yeah, because he plays for US, uh, UCLA still. Yeah. Uh, Chipper already down 7-0 to Oklahoma, so we'll, yeah, but we'll see making, what happens they're there. They're making an offensive push. Oh, there goes uh, yeah, DTR. So much for that. So, yeah, so, so uh, the passing game, great productivity today. And then can you translate that productivity into better against better competition? That's going to be the big question yeah. because they did all the right things, and you talked about it. Maybe you open it up and try some things against this Idaho State team. You, Utah did that. Uh, Tyler Huntley was very effective, very efficient, uh, showed great escapability at times. Does that translate when the margin for error becomes a little more yep. thin? All right, we'll have more for you coming up right around the corner. In fact, we'll uh, wrap things up, get some final thoughts. Have, still have some time to take some phone calls if you want to join in. 855-340-ZONE, 855-340-ZONE. The Utes beat Idaho State, the Bengals, uh, this afternoon, 31-0. We're talking about it next, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Travis Broughton. 31-0 is your final. The University of Utah beats Idaho State. Their final non-conference game at your Ute post-game show. Jake Scott hanging out with our Ute insider, Frank Dolce, as we continue to break this one down. In fact, Frank, should we take a phone call? Absolutely. 855-340-ZONE is the number to call, 855-340-ZONE, and that's what Carter did. What's up, Carter? Carter, Hey, how's it going? Good, man. How are you? Yes, I am. Uh, I'm doing pretty good. Uh, This win, really not that big a game. I mean, it was against Idaho State. It's basically our preseason. But it looks good that we were able to hold them to nothing. Uh-huh. Uh, BYU beating USC makes our win against Utah look a lot more impressive. And I'm just really excited to get into conference play because, I mean, we're definitely the favorites for the Pac-12 South, and I hope that we can definitely get to a Rose Bowl. All right, Carter, thanks for the phone call. You said it uh, makes the yeah. win against BYU yeah, look, I, yeah. look that much better. Which, yes. uh, I uh, absolutely. That's a that's a big win for BYU and, and Utah. Beat. That's a very good win for BYU. I don't know if it makes Utah's win. Like, it was first game, and Zach Wilson threw 200 pick sixes. I know, but there was that kind of how good is BYU, how good of a win is I don't that like really? It. And it looks like a pretty I don't, good no, win. I don't like it. I don't like it. And I'll tell you why I don't like it. Because USC beat the, out of, beat the snot out of Stanford. And then mm-hmm. we thought, well, look at this. Look how good USC is. And then Stanford gets the snot beaten out of them by UCF. 
So then we're saying, wait, no, Stanford's not, okay, so Stanford's not that good. Well, is USC that good? No. Yeah. So, and then Cal beats Washington. Is Cal that good? Well, they have Washington's number two years in a row. Yeah, okay. So is Washington bad? Washington's taken poor Hawaii out to the woodshed right now. I think Washington's still pretty good. I I think Cal has Washington's number because Wilcox is a really good coach and that defense is is really, really good. Okay, so they did the same thing two years in a row. Arizona State gets gets all they can handle from Sac State for heaven's sake. Troy Taylor's bunch. Yeah. But then they turn around and beat Michigan State. At Michigan State. Ten to seven. So that's a win it at is Michigan a win. State against it is a, a win. very good coach. So what does it? What does all these things tell you? What do all these matchups? I don't like the matchup things. Like, oh, we played this team really tough, so then we should play this team, and then we should. No, I don't think it works like that. I think it works more like matchups. Where are the best matchups? That's why I think Utah Washington. That's the right matchup for Utah. That, to me, is a winnable game. Utah-USC, that's the right matchup. Utah-Washington State, oh, man, it just gives me heartache. It's going to be tough. It's not the right matchup. Well, it's all going to be tough, but I, I'm with you. The, yeah. It's a lot harder to match up how Utah is constituted against Washington State. I, yeah. I, I really like their chances against Washington, even though it's up there. I'm Are pick, you too? I'll, I'll tell Absolutely. you right now, I'll, I'll pick Utah to beat USC next week. You will? I oh, will yeah. too. Yeah. I mean, uh, that after watching both games simultaneously today, that that's not that hard for me right now. I right. don't know if I'd pick them like 14 points better than USC right now, but I I feel comfortable th- thinking that Utah's going to go get a win on Friday, <laughs> especially since USC really had to try today and still lost, and Utah just snoo- uh, snoozed right through one with Idaho State. That's, a, that's an advantage for Utah. <laughs> yes. I mean, they didn't try very hard, Frank. I mean, we, that was not a game where a whole lot of effort was, you don't was think? put out there. No, I don't. Maybe. And they were all on the bench, except for Britton Covey, who's somehow still in the game in the fourth quarter to fumble. Yeah. Which was really bizarre to me. Crazy. It was like, oh, Britton's got the ball in a third and long situation. Then you think to yourself, like, wait, what on earth is Britton why Covey is Britain, doing in the game? I'll tell you why, because he just sneaked down on the field. <laughs> did he really? That's what he did? Yeah. He was He's like, taking reps on, from I'm the third street? On, yeah. <laughs> I'm not sitting on the sideline. By the way, I'm watching this. Uh, we're watching Oklahoma at UCLA. I'm not sure that UCLA has 10,000 people in the stands. Oh, I'm, I'm sure they do. Would you go watch this game? Well, yeah, but I love college football. Oh, okay. So, yeah, yeah I get that. But, I, I mean, if you were game. a UCLA fan, would you really pay money to show up to watch your team get roasted? Hmm. No, maybe not. No, but uh, yeah, not. a football fan, sure, you'd want to get, yeah, go, get look to at Jalen Hurts. That's exactly right, and get it to was, look at uh, Lincoln Kennedy, like who I was said, a, a magician. It was like I said to you today. Would I? Would I? I'm a Utah fan. Would I pay to go see that game against Idaho State? Well, no, but I'm interested to see how Idaho State's going to try and manage Utah's Utah defensively. So then, it's there's some something compelling about that game to me. I want to go see. I would want to go see Jalen Hurts, the next Heisman Trophy winner, you think? third Oklahoma quarterback in a row. Is it? I, a- I want him to. I want him to because I think he was he managed that terrible situation so well at Alabama. Okay, this is we're we're getting off the point, but then again, Utah played Idaho State, so we're allowed to get off the point. I, I think. Uh, isn't it amazing that Jalen Hurts at Alabama was a game manager? And everybody yeah. looked at him like, yeah. okay, he makes ju- he does just enough to mm-hmm. to get by or whatever. And then he goes and and gets 
different set of coaching in a different system, and he's throwing for 600 yards a game. Right. And, and far from a game manager. Yeah. Isn't that kind of funny? No, it's, it's the scenario, yeah. The different scenarios create different animals. There's no question about it. But yet, uh, Saban will let Tua throw it all over the yard. Why didn't he let? Uh, why didn't he let Jalen throw they it all over the yard? They didn't have a lot of confidence, and he got that. He got that label placed on him. You know, athletic running quarterback. They didn't trust that he was. He had this, the ability to throw the ball downfield. So, and Sarkeesian's a different coordinator too. Yeah, true. Well, I'll tell you this: Lincoln Riley. As soon as Jason Garrett gets the axe, he's going to make a lot of money as the next head coach of the Dallas Cowboys. Why has that? How has that guy lasted so long? Jason Garrett? Yeah. Oh, it's got to be some sort of, of blackmail information on Jerry Jones, the, yeah, right? I mean, something. that's, that's got to be it. How about this? Lincoln Riley at USC. Would you leave Oklahoma for USC? What are you talking about? What are you even saying? Of I, course. I don't think so. Absolutely. Easier league. You're right by <sighs> Texas. What are you what are you gasping about? I I don't Easier I, league. The Big 12? Oklahoma's the only team in the Big 12. How many teams are in the Big 12? 10. <laughs> 9. What is it? 10. 10. Ten. Yeah, right. Yeah. They they had 9 it. for like a year, right? Or, yeah, some I don't Something know. like that anyway. Something like that. Uh but uh what? You think uh you don't think the Big 12 is an easier league top to bottom than the Pac-12? Am I just honking I, out for the Pac-12 here? Do I think the Big 12 is an easier league? You, you think if the Pac-12? If you're the head coach of Oklahoma, meaning you don't have to play Oklahoma, okay, so the Big, Big 12, 12 is an easier league. Baylor, Iowa State, Kansas, Kansas State, Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, TCU, Texas, Texas Tech, West Virginia. Everything you just mentioned there outside of Oklahoma is hot garbage. So... Texas hadn't been good oh, in you're, 10 years. I got what you're saying. You're saying the Big 12 is an easier league. If you're the head coach of Oklahoma. Got you. Yes. Yeah. So he he wouldn't want to go into a more competitive situation. Yeah. I'm saying you have an easier chance yeah. to win your league every year. Yeah. Okay. I hear you. There's way more, comma, better teams in the Pac-12. Yeah. You could you have the cream of the crop, though, at USC. True. Just bring it on. But right now, isn't Oklahoma getting the cream of the crop out of Texas? I don't know. I think Texas is... Are they? Texas is, yeah. Yeah, Texas. They haven't been good for a long time. And now Les Miles at Kansas? (laughs) Stop it. The home? Stop it. What? (laughs) What are you talking about? They win one game over Boston College of all teams. Yes, yes. All of a sudden, Frank's like, look out. The Kansas Comet? The Jayhawks are The Kansas Comet? Oh, man. All he needed was 18 inches of daylight. Okay. Oh. Are we wrapping this thing yes, up? Utah right. I, gets you a know big what? win. I've had so much fun today. It's been like, fantastic. This, this has been absolutely a blast. Yeah. Okay, so hit me with a couple of final thoughts. What, honestly, are you taking from this game and, and looking forward to USC? Y- Utah did everything they needed to do today on both sides of the ball to give fans this level of expectation. Okay, we can go and compete starting next week. My biggest question about this is: Does can, can Utah can it tra- does it translate from the performance today to Pac-12 conference play when the competition becomes much more difficult? So it looks like they have all of the stuff. They have all the stuff they need. 
really good defensive line, active linebackers, good defensive backfield, the ability to shut down an offense. On the other side of the ball, elite level running game, elite level running back, offensive line, no sacks in three games. Looks pretty good. That's pretty good. Yep. A quarterback that's taken steps productivity-wise three weeks in a row. Looks pretty good. A couple guys that made big plays in the receiving group. A couple tight ends that made big plays. Does that now translate to the next level? We're going to find out. Oh, yeah, we are. And USC didn't look particularly good today. Nope. So that should be a prime opportunity. I can't wait to see what uh, Vegas comes out with. See which who. There's no way you can favor the Trojans, right? I don't think so. But then again, everybody bets USC, so they will. Yeah. And they're at home, so you never know. All right, uh, we want to say a big thanks to everybody who helped out with the show today. want to say thanks to Lloyd Cole, who was up at uh, Rice Eccles Stadium uh, doing the, the fine work up there. Uh, we want to say thanks to Brian Brown, who's been our producer, running the good ship lollipop for us today. Thank you very much, Brian. want to say thanks to you, Frank. Seriously, today was super fun. I appreciate it, man. <laughs> it was. It was a lot of fun. It was. I really enjoyed it. And Let's do it again sometime. Absolutely. Anytime. Anytime you're available. I'm available. I'm in, buddy. Let's just make it happen. I agree. And uh, let's make extra bunch of fun of your co-host as he comes to defend his... Well, Slovis's three interceptions barely cost him in that game. I mean, it was... Barely. Know, barely cost him. I mean, he basically was terrific. <laughs> <laughs> he, he was more... Basically uh, terrific. Outside of that. You're going to get me in trouble. All right, your final score, 31-0. to Utah beats Idaho State up next. Utah heads to Los Angeles to take on the USC Trojans on Friday night. We'll have pre- and post-game coverage starting at 6 p.m. with Hans and Frank. And you'll be able to hear it all right here on the Zone Radio Network.